Welcome to Lifeology. I am James Miller, your host and a licensed psychotherapist. I'm looking forward to spending this time with you as we learn some pretty amazing life lessons. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'll help you recognize your specific talents. I'll also be interviewing Summer Helene, who's also known as a Duchess of Hollywood. Summer is one of the youngest executives in Hollywood history and will soon be announcing her place as one of the few women and the youngest studio head in Hollywood history. In this episode, Summer shares her story and how she became the powerhouse she is today. For more information about Summer, simply search for her on all social media platforms under at Summer Helene. Thank you so much for listening to Lifeology. I would love to connect with you. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M Lifeology. I am also very active on Instagram and create many videos with quick tips and tools that you can immediately implement. Be sure to say hello and follow me there. If you're anything like me, you'll love to read. Lifeology and Audible.com have partnered to offer you an incredible opportunity. Audible is offering you one free book download with a free 30-day trial. This is perfect for those of you who love to read but often don't have time to enjoy your favorite pastime. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to start your free trial. They have over 180,000 books from all genres, so I'm pretty confident your favorite author's books will be there. Go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible and start listening to your favorite book today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash audible to get started today. Recognizing your specific talents. I have met so many amazing people in my life and I felt nothing but awe about those individuals because in my mind, they were so talented. It seemed like they could do everything. And when I would spend time with them, there were times when I would find myself second-guessing myself and kind of reviewing my own talents and sometimes thinking that they just didn't add up. Conversely, when I was younger, I remember I was really good at a specific thing. And so when other people who were also good did that same type of thing, I found that I would immediately put them down or in my mind think, oh, I'm much better than you. And it's so interesting, the older I became, to see that transition into understanding that we all have something that we're good at. Now, some people have a lot of specific talents that you can see. For example, they can play the piano, they can sing, they can write, they can act. They're great public speakers. There's so many things that we can visually see that it's obvious that they're good at what they do. However, there are those talents that are very subtle or that are not really well-known or maybe even recognized. And a lot of those are more soft skills. What I mean by that is this, soft skills are essentially ways in which you interact with other people, but it's not a specific behavior that you see. One of the things I really admire about so many individuals is a person's ability to parent a child. Now that's not something you can see, but the time and energy that a parent puts into spending time with their child, teaching them how to be loyal, how to be truthful, teaching them what integrity is like, that is an amazing, beautiful skill that a lot of times people just don't realize is, in fact, a skill. There are other people who listen so well that it feels like you can tell them anything, that they will listen to you without any judgment. 
There are other people who are amazing at their job. Now, it may not be something anybody else recognizes, but they put their time and energy into something and they do it with such excellence that often people just don't realize that that's actually a talent. It's important for you to reflect on your own life. What are the things that you think you're good at? And once again, it doesn't necessarily mean it has to be obvious to anybody else. But each night when you reflect on your day, do you ever think, wow, I really did well at that? Or I'm really proud of myself about this. Those times of introspection are really important because they do allow for you to recognize where your skills are. I know that I will never be a professional athlete. Yes, I love to do active things, but I know I will never be that. So it is important to be able to recognize what your strengths are and also what are not your strengths. When you recognize what your strengths are not, that doesn't mean that you're not good at something or there's something wrong with you. It just simply means that how you were created is simply different. So when you do focus on what you can do well, it helps you not compare yourself to other people who may be good at something that you're just not good at. Because once you can let that go, you allow yourself to really focus on what your skill set is. And that's how you can truly shine. But becoming somebody else or trying to become somebody else that you were never meant to be will limit your growth and not allow you to fully realize your potential. I have a fantastic interview today with Summer Helene. She has a very colorful life and you'll learn so many things about her and how she recognized her talents and how she transitioned into her full skill set and strengths. So stay tuned. Are you an expert in your field or an author who wants massive exposure? I am now looking for self-development experts to be a promotional guest on Lifeology. Currently, Lifeology has an average listenership of over 3 million people per episode. If you are ready to invest in your brand and promote yourself on Lifeology, then apply today. Simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash guest and apply for this opportunity. This is only for a limited time and only a select few will be chosen. So if you're ready to reach a global audience, then apply today. Simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com forward slash guest to apply. My guest today is Summer Helene, also known as the Duchess of Hollywood. Summer is one of the youngest executives in Hollywood history and will soon be announcing her place as one of the few women and the youngest studio head in Hollywood history. Today, she shares with us her story and how she became the powerhouse she is today. Welcome to my show, Summer. Hi, how are you doing? I am really looking forward to this. I was telling you in the pre-call, your assistant had responded to an ad I put out two years ago. So it's so awesome that two years later, here we are talking today. So thank you for being a guest on my show today. <laughs> thank you very, very much for having me. I love that intro. I'm just listening to, I, yeah. but when I listen to the intro, I'm listening to this intro, I'm like, huh. Um, the, the cheat sheet to that is I could be 15 years older. I'd still be the youngest executive in Hollywood and still be one of the younger and, and still be the youngest studio head. Oh, wow. So it's kind of a cheat. Like, <laughs> I can use that intro for a really long time. <laughs> that's hysterical. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Congratulations. Because I, I knew that you were the vice Thank president you. or are the vice president of Production House. And then to see that, I was like, oh, this is amazing. So congratulations. That's, that's phenomenal. Now, I was reading some of on the IMDb, the Internet Movie Database, I was reading some of the trivia that I'm going to weave into some of my questions here. So it was pretty funny. Oh, so here's one, one bit of trivia I don't know if you'll find on IMDb. I have about 30 IMDb pages. Mm. Um, I did not know IMDb was owned by uh, Amazon. Oh, I, I worked either. for a company called AF- AFS. And if you type AFD into your Amazon, 
It unlinks everything you've ever done, deactivates your Amazon account. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and, and screws up your IMDb. So I'm trying to augment it one day for a production we were dealing with. I deactivated and disconnected everything. I've tried to put it back together. I can't, so oh I just Lord. quit. Uh, and it deleted my Amazon account, so I couldn't even order stuff. Oh, wow. And now because of me, there is a warning on Amazon that says, do not type <laughs> AFD into this field or it will delete your everything. And wow. so I'm like the kid with the dry cleaning bag <laughs> that put it over his face. And it now says, do not put dry cleaning bag over the face. <laughs> I broke IMDb. <laughs> that is hysterical. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I never knew that. Wow, that's, that's actually pretty so, scary. <laughs> It, 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 I didn't know it until I did it. It wasn't a thing. They didn't think they had to warn people. Yeah. And uh, so I'm trying. I'm trying to fix stuff in this field because dates were off and things are off, and I'm trying to fix it all. And I had like, you know, I had like 80 things on there, and now I have like seven. <laughs> um, but you can find a lot of summer Helene pages everywhere. Oh, so gosh, it, yeah. it's really really bad <laughs> and then i tried to get them to clean it up and i deleted some of them and the problem is so this like smaller productions want to be associated with me yeah but the bigger productions i want to be associated with um they have to go back in and fix it and they don't care oh yeah so exactly. it's, it's like, <laughs> like oh great now don't when i say this i love i love my trauma i love yeah. lloyd poffman i like i know no shame in where i came from here yeah. But like my stuff from Paramount, Paramount's like, screw it, your problem, not ours. <laughs> Lloyd's like, oh no, I've got you, I'll fix this. I'm like, please don't, Lloyd. Like, it's okay. You don't need to tell anyone about Sorority House Slaughter. It's cool. Oh, that's so funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you just never type AFD in. That's a really good information. I will make sure not to do that. <laughs> now, when you were, uh, what, you were what, six weeks old and you moved back to Australia or moved to Australia rather? Um, so my mom, I'm, I'm an Australian born abroad. My father was in the service. My parents were traveling. And so I was born outside of Australia and then was, went there when I was six weeks. Is your mother, is she also Australian? She's American. She was a California state dance champion. My dad oh. met her when he was working here in the States with the oh. Australian Navy. Wow. What I was reading about you, some of the trivia, like I said, was you were a tomboy and you had to go to finishing school. Yeah. That was, um, so I went to uh, Bridgeting College. It's a ladies' school in Australia. But I really still am, I don't know, I, I, I uh, oscillate somewhere between an extreme tomboy mm -hmm. and I modeled for Victoria's Secret. So <laughs> I have this, it, it, it didn't work. I'd get in trouble, yeah. I'd come into work and i have a bruise on, I'd have my knees scraped up or bruises on my elbows. And I just remember the makeup artist looking at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> And they'd, like, and they'd sit there and they'd peel, they'd peel the scabs off my knees <laughs> and then put this new skin stuff to, to like seal it up and then put makeup over it because it couldn't have <laughs> So nobody had any idea. That's hysterical. <laughs> so it was like oil and, like, like, coconut oil and stuff and then they'd like, rub the alcohol and like scrape these scabs off. Then they put the new skin stuff Ouch. over, let it dry and then like oil and paint you. It was really painful. <laughs> I bet. The look, the, the look at some of these people, they're like, why do you have a bruise there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My brother punched me. <laughs> didn't your dad talk you, he, you wanted to be a nun, and didn't he talk you out of that I into did. becoming a Victoria's Secret model? He, I did. He did. Uh, so I wanted to be a nun. I, I really, so I, I wanted to be a nun. Um, and my dad had said to me when I had said this to him, he said, you don't want to be a nun. You want to be a good person. 
and you don't need to be a nun to be a good person. Gotcha. You're just okay. trying Makes to be sense. a nun because you've got this idea that it will make you good and you can do far more good by going out into the world and mm -hmm. interacting with people than you can being locked in a convent. That's um, a good point. And he really did. He, mm -hmm. he kind of hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, especially when you're raised Catholic, you have this really strong idea of good and evil and mm -hmm. nuns are seen as this really good, um, these really good people. And, you know, my dad, he, I guess he just knew me because I didn't even think of it like that. But he did. He said, you just want to be a good person. Yeah. Could you imagine being a nun today? I could. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I could. I could. I would have been really? a terrible nun. <laughs> really bad. Oh, I am terrible at following directions. I, I would have made a very bad nun. That is so funny. But yeah, he, he was right. That's why I wanted to be a nun. How did you go from being a Victoria's Secret model at 17 to transitioning into television film? So I started, I've actually been modeling since I was about 15. Oh, okay. I started underwear uh, about 16. Mm -hmm. um, and by the time I was 17, I was doing, uh, and around the same time, I wanted to be an actress, not a model. And I'm a very mediocre actress. I mean, not great. <laughs> uh, so I got a lot of roles in horror films. And um, with that comes a very specific type of fan base. Yeah. And I started to get very, very popular with that particular fan base. And I had a guy grab me um, when I was at a club one night and he'd been following me. He'd recognized me for my films and I'd gotten really well known for this scream. Um, it's, I still don't own it. You can hear it, it now when you listen to Not Scary Farm. I signed it away when I was very young. I didn't realize how stupid that would be. But they make a lot of money off of it. Oh, really? Yeah. But there are about five women that can do this particular scream. And it's a blood-curdling, rolling scream. And I learned it from a woman named Felissa Rose who learned it from Jamie Lee Curtis. I was going to ask you about Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. yeah. So this guy had, had seen these movies because I'd done this uh, quite a few. I mean, really a lot of slasher films. Mm-hmm. And he kept grabbing me and trying to get me to scream for him. And my friends, being very helpful, stood there squeaking, going, what do we do? And I'm looking <laughs> at them going, get a bouncer, call the cops, like, do something. Don't yeah. just stand there shaking your hands, yelling, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Great friends, yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was not very helpful. And I, I was so scared by that incident. I realized, yeah, I liked the acting portion, but I didn't like the attention. Yeah. But I love the film industry. I loved entertainment. And I was on a shoot with uh, Ron Jeremy and Lloyd Kaufman. And Ron Jeremy um, had talked to me and suggested if I really liked the film industry, I get behind the camera. I did not do porn. I, I need to clarify that. He's a wonderful <laughs> man. He did regular films too. Yeah, yeah. He really did. Yeah. So he talked to me. Uh, he, he was talking to me and talked to me into getting behind the camera because of everything he said. And this is a family show. But essentially, he said, you know, I seemed really young, very inexperienced, and probably should uh, be, be um, using my brain. Mm, and yeah. so I got an internship with the president of Paramount when I was 17. Oh, wow. And so I got behind, I got behind the scenes there. And I kept modeling because I needed food and shelter. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> <laughs> there is that. Internships <laughs> do not pay, like, at yeah. all. Yeah, there's, there's no money. Um, I, I remember, and it was an easy way to say skinny. I was starving, so it made modeling really easy. <laughs> yeah, and so I, I took a job with him. But it was really, I, I wanted to be in the film industry. I wanted to be an actress. 
And that, again, goes back to I wanted to make people happy. I wanted to entertain. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to kind of do either Shakespeare and comedy and this and that. And turns out, you know, there's no money in Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm not very, I'm not, I'm not a very good dramatic actress and I'm only good at comedic if I'm straight. So <laughs> I uh, got behind the scenes and, and got good at putting people that are far more talented than I am on screen. How did you get the title Duchess of Hollywood? Uh, that was the cleaned up version. So oh, really? <laughs> it started with it started with a variety calling me the Wicked Witch of the West Coast. Um, <laughs> that is um, hysterical. Yeah, that that was that was one of the the more interesting moments. I called the the writer of that, and I'm like, "What the hell, man?" <laughs> He's like, "Well, I I didn't know what else to call you." And we were joking back and forth. And then the next time he said, you know, it's, uh, he, he, he said the Duchess. And I asked why. He was trying to come up with a way to explain that I'm associated with the top people in Hollywood mm-hmm. without using the term king or queen. He yeah. said there's a difference between being a king and being a kingmaker. Oh. And because I'm the person that uh, makes people, places, and things famous, mm-hmm. he, he, he used that. And I told him it was absolute garbage. It would never stick. And he was an idiot. Uh, I was wrong, as usual, when I'm arguing with him. Um, but on the plus side, the Wicked Witch of the West Coast also stuck. So the name oh, really? really depends. Oh, yeah. So then what I get called uh, really depends on who you're talking to and how much of bad experience they've had with me. Um, so, so there, and those are not the only two. There, there are a few names, really? you know. Oh, that's so funny. It, yeah, they, 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 they call me anything but Johnny, really. <laughs> when you reflect on your life, what would be one of the most pivotal moments you can think of that really influenced who you are today? My parents' divorce. Mm. That would be a large one. I turned into, you know, a melancholy brat mm-hmm. and film and hiding away being someone else, the ability to step into someone else's skin and be someone you're not. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, is kind of what got me through that. Mm-hmm. I, you know, some people run away from home. I ran away from my head yeah. and spent my time playing different characters. And that made um, a, a big, big difference. Well, did you say it was part of your healing process too? I don't know if I ever healed from it or just hid from it. Mm. Um, as, as funny as that sounds, I think, I think those two are mutually exclusive. When yeah. you look at entertainers, and I see it with a lot of people I work with, um, what's the, you know, there, there's the old adage, uh, com- comedians cry the most. Yeah, that's true. People, yeah. I, I think it buries pain more than deals with it. Yeah. You know, I, I hate to admit that. I'd love to turn around and be like, yes, it's a fabulously healthy way of dealing with everything. Go pretend to be someone else. Completely yeah. ignore what's going on. You'll be cool. Um, but I just, I don't want to give anyone that advice. Could you imagine? That would be great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I think it is deeply unhealthy. But then yeah. again, I've never met anyone in the film industry that is actually healthy. It's mm. why everyone in the film industry spends all of their time running around to gurus and in Gwyneth Paltrow's case, shoving jade eggs places. Like you, you're, you're always looking for that thing to, to kind of fix you yeah. because you spend all of your time outside of your own skin. And even if you work behind the scenes in entertainment, chances are you've spent a good portion of your life in front of the camera mm-hmm. or um, even when you're behind the scenes, 
you, you know, I've, I've a radio show each week, uh, behind the scenes. So I do that. I speak at Comic-Con, I speak at awards shows, I do seminars. Um, I speak over at USC and I speak all at all of these different places. Um, talking about how to get into film and how to get famous and how to get your project made. Yeah. You know, so social media marketing and distribution are kind of my specialty. And so I, I talk at all these places, so I'm still to a degree on stage. Mm-hmm. I mean, even when I'm speaking to you now, I deepen my voice when I speak yeah, to I sound more yet. impressive and scary. Um, <laughs> the Wicked Rich of the West. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Like, I, I deepen my voice. I, there, there are so many things that go into it that to a degree, even behind the camera in Hollywood, there's a lot of artifice as well. Mm-hmm. So I've, filters, I've never met so, anyone yeah. in, yeah, I've never met anyone in entertainment that is truly healthy. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to the entertainment right now, so hopefully I can, hopefully I maintain who yeah, I am today. Bring it with you. Bring, yeah, bring, bring the healthy with you. Uh, we, we could use the, we could use the import. <laughs> That's hysterical. When you have people listening today, they may say, well, Summer is so talented. Summer had all these amazing opportunities. I'm different. What would you say to people who hear your story and they compare their life to you? I had a lot of opportunities when I was young. I had um, very supportive parents and I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, once you get past the age of, you know, having parents watching you and what you're doing, it, it's all the same. Yeah. Unless yeah. you have a, a famous mother or father, nobody gives a damn. Mm-hmm. Hollywood has very much has the what have you done for me lately attitude. Um, if you try and sell off someone you're related to, unless that person you are related to is like Beyonce, no one gives a damn. Yeah. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've, uh, hired interns and assistants and people simply because they were related to people I knew. Nepotism is, is rife in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And as much as people resent it, there's actually a very good reason for it. If I'm going to make a hundred million dollar bet, I'm going to bet on my friend because I know that person. Mm-hmm. And I trust that person. Yeah. And you're betting a lot of other people's money. And if you screw up, if you pull a John Carter, <laughs> everyone's getting fired. No, seriously, that nearly closed Disney Studios. Really? John Carter. Oh, God. Yeah. That nearly bankrupted Disney. It was that bad. Oh, my God. Um, it, was, it was horrific. And that was simply because they didn't do their advertising and distribution right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of like, okay, we're seeing a movie with Gambit and Wolverine's girlfriend doing stuff. Yeah. Like they just took the cast of uh, not even the good Wolverine movie. But the point mm-hmm. is, <laughs> when you make that kind of bet, you, you have to shore it up. Otherwise, you end up with a John Carter. So if I hire a director, I'm going to know him. Because taking a risk on an unknown, and I have, I have, but I have to believe in them so much. Sure. Because I'm betting my reputation and my chance of working. And, you know, I, I just uh, adopted a little girl and, oh, and she needs food and shelter. Thank you. She needs, she needs food and shelter, so I'm betting her future as well. Mm-hmm. So every time I make this bet, I'm betting that they're going to get it right. Yeah. And I think that's a really good point because it's everything is so interconnected in that. And then that interconnection, that is a struggle where we all have that if my, my, actions, my actions affect your actions, et cetera. And so it does make sense that there would be some nepotism or there would be um, this opportunity for you to reach out to people you know because they are linked with you as well. It's, it's risk. It mitigates risk. I'll hire a friend of a friend because that seems safer. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't like to hire people out of film school, except USC. USC actually has a more uh, 
they, they make you do internships at studios, things like that. Oh, wow, okay. But the only reason to go to film school is if you don't have a connection to get a job as a PA. Most people don't like working with people from film school. And this isn't something they'll tell you, but yeah. um, most directors I know, if you tell them I came from Yale drama or I came from Juilliard or whatever, the response you're usually going to get from them is that's nice. Go away. Oh, really? They wow, someone, yeah. Huh. They want to hire someone that came up on sets. Ah. Um, the best example of that is a gentleman I adore. He's a director, John Reynolds. He always makes a joke. He was born in a trunk. <laughs> He's been on sets his whole life. Oh, wow. Never went to film school. He's, he was Spielberg's right-hand man on uh, E.T., worked with him forever, and it just comes down to the reason Spielberg would lean on him is because when you come up on a set, there's no idealized nonsense. Mm -hmm. In film school, you're learning from someone that failed out of the film industry. Ah, that's a good point. How to be in the film industry, even though they're not in there, it changes rapidly. They have no idea what they're teaching you, and they're teaching you this is how it's supposed to be. And when you get on a film set, I, you know, the best way I ever heard a film set described is it's like flying an airplane that's missing a wing and it's already on fire. <laughs> wow. So <laughs> it, it, it's true. I, I mean, yeah. I got calls because, you know, I, I had a director, John Reynolds, again, um, <laughs> call me and he's like, we needed a shot um, of, of, of this guy in front of a fire and they're doing this. I was like, that's fine. He set fire to a national forest. Oh my I like, I didn't know they I didn't know they were shooting. They didn't bring the fire marshal in and I'm the damn producer. Oh and I'm no. sitting there I'm like, why didn't you tell me? He's like, because you'd have said no. I was like, well, yeah. Of course you would have said no. This. He's like, well, he didn't he didn't mean to set fire to the National Forest. He was trying to get a different shot. That was just a side effect. He's like, but you you would have said no. I was like, of course I'd have said no. He's like, yeah, but now we have the shot. I was like, and now I'm paying a fine. He's like, yes, but it's cheaper than it would have been doing CGI. I'm like, you're a monster. You're a monster. I guess that's a very practical um, way to look at it. <laughs> he, but he, he calls and he called the crew and he called everyone and did this. And, you know, he's been in the film industry far longer than I have. He's a brilliant man. But it's that moment I'm like, you have got to be kidding Yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> that is hysterical. Unfortunately, Summer, our time is up. I've been really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, you have such amazing, funny stories. And, and I love, you know, obviously me looking at you and listening to you. You are clearly expert in everything you've done, hence you being so successful in everything you do. If my listeners want to find out more information about you, I guess what they go to the IMDb and look at all your 20 pages. <laughs> Where would they it's, go? Uh, it's, yeah, Summer Helene. I'm Summer Helene on all social media. Um, S-U-M-M-E-R-H-E-L-E-N-E -E -E at, it doesn't matter where you go, I'm everywhere, but I would say I, I interact the most on Twitter. Perfect. I'm almost never on Facebook. Um, I hate Instagram, uh, but I do it because that's part of my job yeah. and <laughs> I spend most of my time on Twitter, but my job, I make people, places and things famous. Wonderful. That's what I do. And, and you're very good a at it. A big thing I tell people, I'm very, very good at it. Um, you know, I, I made Guardians of the Galaxy a great film. Oh, wow. The, uh, let's, let's not talk about Solo, but it was <laughs> Guardians. Just remember that one. I got one and two. It now belongs to Disney, so I don't get three. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time. And, and I really appreciate it. I know you had a really, really busy night. So thank you for taking time to be on a guest on my show today. Thank you very, very much for having me. And, you know, you, your listeners, everyone else, someone's got to get famous, someone's got to get rich. Why not you? I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. 
Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guests' self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.